Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley, and this week we are discussing Texas. I spent the first week of September visiting friends in Austin and Houston, just as a new law allowed most Texans to carry handguns in public without going through training or having to get permits. Law enforcement officers worry that could make their jobs more dangerous. I spoke to friend Josh Hayes, who was born in Texas, but has spent 20 years on and off in New York City. He gives his perspective on Governor Greg Abbott's laws, politics, Texas culture, and gun violence in the state. But first, our in memoriam. In memoriam. Houston police say 27-year-old Jenna Soderberg was shot and killed by 39-year-old Sherrick Bird September 7th in Houston, Texas. A Houston couple is dead after police say that a man shot his girlfriend at a downtown hotel before turning the gun on himself. Houston police say 27-year-old Jenna Soderberg was killed by 39-year-old Sherrick Bird last Tuesday. Witnesses in the lobby of the Marriott Marquis told police they heard the gunshots shortly after the two arrived. While the motive of the murder-suicide was unclear, authorities announced last week that the two were in a dating relationship that was fraught with violence and turmoil. Online court records show that Soderberg had previously filed for a protective order against her boyfriend. On July 4th, 2019, the couple went to a Burger King in Austin. According to Soderberg's court filing, Bird allegedly assaulted her in the parking lot, causing her to flee to the woman's restroom. Bird left the scene when Burger King employees threatened to call the police. In her filing for a protective order, Soderberg said that Bird had previously assaulted her. I want this protective order because I'm afraid for my safety when Sherrick is around," Soderberg wrote in her application. The incident on July 4, 2019 showed me that Sherrick is erratic and aggressive and I'm afraid of future violence. I'm scared of what could happen if Sherrick is allowed to be around me and I want this protective order to keep me safe. The restraining order was dismissed after authorities were unable to find Bird. According to court records, Bird spent 113 days in jail earlier this year after being convicted of an attack from June 2018. According to court documents obtained by the station, officers arrived at the scene and found Soderberg at her neighbor's apartment with both of her eyes swollen shut, blood coming from a deep cut on her head and bruises on her body. Originally charged with felony assault charges, he pleaded guilty to a lesser domestic violence charge in Travis County. It is unclear why Soderberg and Bird met at the hotel, but the meeting ended in tragedy, leaving her family devastated at their sudden loss. Jenna Nicole Soderberg was tragically murdered by her estranged boyfriend on September 7th in Houston, Texas, her family wrote on a GoFundMe page, intended to bring her body home for cremation. Her big heart thought she could save him, but instead it ended with him taking her life followed by his own. Our family is shattered by this tragedy and are in need of help bringing her and her belongings home. If you are experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or 
go to thehotline.org. All calls are toll-free and confidential. The Hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. I chose this in memoriam because I was at the Marriott Marquis on September 7th. Uh, actually, as I was leaving and walking into the lobby, the elevator doors opened and I saw people running and screaming and I heard, get down, get down, and I saw people hiding behind the check-in desk and um, I didn't hear the gunshots, but the elevator doors opened seconds after the murder-suicide had happened and I saw how everyone was reacting to it. We quickly went upstairs and talked to someone in the spa and said, we think something's going on downstairs. Uh, she called, uh, no one answered, and told us to wait. She called someone on their cell phone and somebody that was working there said, yes, there's an incident and it's been contained. They kept us upstairs for a while and I started reading local stories about shootings in Houston um, and then finally saw the incident that was happening in my hotel. Later that evening we went to go see um, some other friends and Josh Hayes was willing to talk to me about what it's like to live in Texas now, uh, but also as someone who had the perspective of a New Yorker and how different Texas culture is. And with me today, I have Josh, who lives in Houston, Texas. I saw him a few weeks ago. I wanted to talk to you specifically about the gun violence in Texas from the perspective of someone who lived in New York for a long time with stricter gun laws. Having been born and raised in Houston, Texas, it took me a long time to figure out that that's not normal. Uh, having lived in New York City where guns are heavily regulated, you can pretty much walk down the street assuming that most people are not armed. Uh, here in Houston, Texas, I have to walk around basically assuming everyone's strapped uh, and not everyone's happy. So it's a weird defensive posture uh, that you have to sort of take on uh, as a non-gun owning citizen in the state of Texas. The type of gun violence that you hear about in New York City uh, it's, it's, I mean, no gun violence is good, uh, but it, it sort of makes sense uh, from sort of a white straight male perspective. You know, it's, it's those people over there doing that uh, versus the six o'clock news here in Houston. It's, you know, road rage on I-10. It's a couple, you know, who, who got into an argument. It is shootings outside of nightclubs, it's, it's everywhere. It's so pervasive and it's, it's so loud and it's so consistent that it just becomes white noise to a certain degree. I'm gonna specifically talk about the new laws that were passed on September 1st. Sure. We'll go ahead and define what you felt was happening. Uh, what I think is happening is Greg Abbott's trying to run for president, uh, to be quite honest. I think that you know, if, if you if you drill down and every single constitutional scholar out there, you know, is, is, can sit on either side of this argument, how I read the Second Amendment is well regulated. Uh, and simply giving people the authority to walk around with a gun, regardless of whether they're licensed or not, uh, is uh, antithetical to well organized. Um, that is just, that sounds like a field day to me. Um, and 
I understand that there is a movement in America that believes that constitutional carry is, uh, well, exactly that. It's their constitutional right, and they, you know, are going to exercise their constitutional rights. Well, that's all well and good, but I think that there is just a a disownership of uh, the responsibility that comes along with any right. You can't walk into a, a theater and scream fire. Uh, you you can plead the fifth all you want to, um, but uh, there there is uh, you know a need for us all to be working off of a common set of morals and beliefs. And if you think that everyone walking around the the theory of a good guy with a gun uh, is going to save anyone, I would point anyone to the six o'clock news. Uh, it was, I think, Friday. You know, there were two shooting, uh, two two shootings here in Houston. One was a road rage incident; a five-year-old died, and the other one was a domestic dispute. Uh, do I think that either of those are linked to the new, uh, the new Texas gun legislation? No, I think those would have happened regardless. Uh, do I think that it's going to happen more now that anybody can carry a gun anywhere at any time? With some caveat, there are some caveats, but. Uh, yeah, I think that is a, uh, a distinct possibility that the more guns that are out there, uh, the more they're going to get used. Exactly. The, you know, the more access to guns, the more gun deaths. Do people in Texas think, okay, the same thing that you do, this guy's just doing a political move uh, to get attention and, and, and rile up the people that is basically how the conservatives have been doing for a while? I mean, you know, I'd say that the people on the left are, are going to, you know, say absolutely. And the people on the right are going to say, no, he's defending our uh, our Second Amendment rights. Uh, you know, uh, I, I look for, for lack of a better terms, the Constitution is 150 years old and it's got problems. It endorses slavery. Uh, that's hugely problematic. And we changed that one, I think, for the better. And if anybody thinks that we didn't change it for the better, I don't want to talk to them. Um, you know, and uh, really the, the, the turning point for me, having grown up in Houston and, and being raised largely in the Northeast where, you know, of course people have shotguns and rifles and they go hunting and it's a very big thing. I think that Vermont, Maine, uh, I've spent much of my teenage years up in Maine. Those people are pro-guns. Uh, there's open carry in the state of Maine, as, as far as I uh, recall, at least there was a couple of years ago. Uh, and, you know, really the turning point for me with my understanding of gun laws was the Supreme Court's uh, decision in Heller. So uh, in the Heller decision, you know, regardless of whatever you have to say about the D.C. law, uh, my understanding was that guns were here and they were here to stay. And as much as I don't want to be a gun owner, uh, I know that they're going to be around me. So two people get into a fight at a bar. Gun slides across the bar at my feet. I need to be confident in being able to pick it up, you know, take the clip out, make sure there's nothing in the chamber and safety that weapon and take it out of the equation. So I, I went to a gun range. I grabbed one of my military buddies at the time and we went to a gun range and he went through the whole safety spiel. Uh, that, I think, is me understanding my rights, but not necessarily uh you know enacting them all the time i think that you need to know how to have free speech and you need to know how to not self-incriminate doesn't mean you need to do it every day what would you think i don't know how often do you have to talk to someone about it or are you just disengage now 
Uh, a couple of points there. One, I think that, you know, sure, the, the UT Texas Tower uh, shooting, great. Some good old boys went and got their rifles and decided to play cowboy. Uh, but if you look at the Santa Fe school shooting here in the Houston area uh, a couple of years ago, nope, no good guy with a gun, uh, at least not, not as far as I remember. Um, you know, so I, th great. I'm, I'm all for, you know, the good guy being the right place at the right time. But I also think that, you know, that's law enforcement's job. Um, they're the good guys with the good guns that you call when something goes wrong. And, you know, the, the people will be the first to say, well, they're not going to be everywhere. Okay, fine. Great. Um, I think that in terms of gun ownership, you know, the, the, the people out there that are the good gun, good gun owners that are law abiding citizens. Yeah, they're going to want to go and get trained. They're going to want to know how to, to use their firearms. They're going to want to know how to use it safely. Uh, so really, the only thing that this law does is open it up to a bunch of cowboys who have no interest in learning about gun safety, have no interest in, uh, in uh, learning uh, how to enact their rights. They just want to look badass with a gun on their holster. Um, and that's a problem. What's going on with the populace of Texas, from at least the people that you know, are they talking about it in a way that they want to do something about it or do they just shut it off? So it, it really depends on who you talk to. If you talk to me, I see a lot of apathy for lack of better terms uh, amongst uh, liberals or at least amongst people who are, are centrist on the issue even. Um, if you talk to somebody like my brother, Will, who has lived in uh, Texas the better part of his life, um, he sees a great awakening. He sees, you know, the, the, the purple wave, the blue wave coming in Texas. Um, now we saw in the 2000 election that didn't quite make it over the hump. Uh, maybe with the gubernatorial election next year, it might, who knows? Um, but, you know, I think that there is, at least my understanding, having grown up here, uh, and having left, there was definitely a very real conversation that I had to have about with myself about gun rights and about uh, capital punishment and about all of those things that, you know, sort of quintessentially Texas, you know, that's where they, you know, electrocute the mentally handicapped people in jails. That's where everyone's got a gun and a horse and, and, and you know, oil rig. Uh, you know, I think that uh, in the aughts, you know, about 20 years ago, uh, one of our major oil men, T. Boone Pickens, was, was all on board with, with wind power. Uh, and everyone was saying, well, you're, you're an oil man. He says, no, I'm an energy guy. Um, it's, that, it's that level of, you know, yeah, we sit here and, you know, we're the stereotypes, and we are. <laughs> uh, drive up I-10 or down 45, and you'll see enough F-350s uh, you know, to, to make your head spin, but, you know, it's, it's, it's divorcing that heritage, uh, which is a problematic heritage, uh, from, you know, modern day living and who we can grow to be, uh, as, as a state and really as a country, regardless of whether, you know, it's Santa Fe or the Texas Tower or Pulse or Sandy Hook or Columbine or, 
you name it, the long laundry list of history uh, where we've had mass shootings and where lack of gun legislation, reasonable gun control um, has, has caused people to die. So is there any talking to Texas? Is there any discussion to change this? Yeah, uh, you know, I think there is. Um, I believe in the best of the people of my state. Um, and I think that uh, the slew of, I mean, it's, uh, the, the special sessions are going on right now. Uh, I think Greg Abbott has called for a third special session to redistrict, which hold on to your cowboy hats. Um, you know, with each special session, just a new litany of egregious laws have come out. And 20 years ago, the, the conservative talking point was, you know, legislation and, and uh, you know, bills should not be passed, you know, expected to, to have to be vetted by the courts. Greg Abbott literally sat there and said, we expected to go to court and we expect to win. He's just sitting there passing anything he can get through the legislature so that he can get his name in the press. And yeah, the Fifth Circuit may not, Supreme Court at this point may not, um, but he's expecting it to be heavily, uh, uh, you know, discussed in, in uh, the judiciary. Um, and uh, I, I, so I don't know whether or not your average Texan uh, is gonna sit there and say, yeah, this is a good thing for the state of Texas. Um, I don't think it will necessarily mean that they are willing to cast a ballot for somebody who votes for or would vote for or would endorse uh, reasonable gun control. Um, so I think that that is that is not the hot ticket issue. But I think, yeah, I think generally speaking, I believe in the best of the people, uh, the state of Texas, and that if you talk to them, um, the vast majority would be in uh, in support of reasonable gun laws, um, where that gray area is between, you know, assault, uh, assault rifle bans, magazine uh, capacity bans, uh, you know, limiting the number of guns that you can have in, you know, churches or nightclubs, what, you know, whatever it may look like. Um, honestly, with the Texas law, I don't think that constitutional carry is something that, aside from people who, you know, fall for talking points of, of conservative talk radio, the majority of Texans wouldn't, you know, are not, I, I wouldn't believe are in favor of it. Uh, I temper them. Uh, I was a bartender in 2004. Uh, and so people who walked into my bar, I really needed to be able to discuss uh, the merits of Kerry or Bush equally. Um, I consider myself an independent. Uh, very much on the liberal side of, uh, of that, but I'm willing to listen to good arguments. Uh, I was raised in a very uh, old school conservative family, fiscal conservative family. Um, and I think that the takeaway that I learned uh, and the spot where my family and I are is that the debate is actually the most important part. Having conversations is the most important part. We're not always going to agree on everything. Um, and I think that in order to find, uh, you know, the true sense of what America is, it's in the conversation. Uh, what I would say to my fellow New Yorkers, um, for people that I decided to surround myself for the better part of 18 years, um, you're doing it right. Um, I feel safe in New York City. 
in a way that I don't feel safe in Houston, Texas. How messed up is that? Big bad New York City, either you guys have gone soft uh, or you're doing something right. Um, no, but thank you for talking to me. Uh, it was it was interesting because we actually had a shooting incident right before we saw you. And and is that common? I mean, do you know other people that they're like, oh, I heard a shooting. I mean, is it around you constantly because or is it parts of town? Is it not really? I mean, it's just is it's it sporadic? It's definitely parts of town. There are definitely parts of town that uh, you expect gun violence to happen, but it is more common uh, in, uh, you know, again, I'll raise my hand as a white straight male. It's, it's common in gentrified areas of Houston. It's common in the suburbs. It's common in the inner city. It's common downtown. It's common everywhere. Um, honestly, when there was a murder-suicide at a downtown hotel, uh, I went, no, oh, okay. It's a day ending and why? That makes complete sense that there's a domestic violence uh, murder going on in the city of Houston. Um, then, I, then I linked that it was uh, where you guys were staying and I was a little more mortified. <laughs> um, you expect to run across it. Uh, you know, there's not a holiday that goes by or really occasionally a weekend that goes by that I don't hear a couple of tack, tack, tacks go off in, in the distance. Whether it's just somebody getting drunk and shooting at the air or whether it's somebody shooting at somebody they don't like. Um, it, it's pretty common to hear gunshots. I don't remember, you know, I lived in uh, every borough at St Staten Island. I don't remember ever hearing a gunshot in New York City. Um, and again, yes, I understand New York City, Chicago, a lot of cities, Houston as well is going through an increase in drug, uh, sorry, uh, 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 gun violence. Uh, you know, it's it seems to be kind of a, a pretty consistent trend across inner cities in America. Um, but it's also in the suburbs. And maybe it coincided perfectly with me moving back to Texas. Um, but it's it's hard not to see the optics of, you know, uh, a state where you expect every single pickup truck to have one in the glove box and probably the guy having it strapped to their ankle. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciated meeting you and I, and I and I wanted to bring someone on that give me the perspective of, of who you are so thank you for having me i mean it's it's it, it is one of the top uh existential issues in america and it's not going anywhere to find out more about working with us please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on facebook and instagram at gag no guns on twitter as well everybody is welcome at any and all gag events and another way to get involved is by becoming a wbai buddy a wbai buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer run radio show going by giving a small donation every month and really folks just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at wbai to bring you this show every week just go to wbai.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a bai buddy in the name of radio gag Thank you. Uh, well, thanks for listening. And we're back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or any major podcast platform. I want to thank our guest, Josh Hayes, one more time for talking to us about Texas. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Thank you. Have a great day. 
Every greedy billionaire. 